0: Good morning, brother. What is up, Greg? Is it Medic Monday again already? It's Medic Monday again already. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I missed you. I missed you too, man. It's been a crazy week, huh?
1: It's been a crazy week. I missed you, but I caught you <laughs> on Friday with uh, Jeff. Jeff actually had a really encouraging um, message. I was listening to him like, what? We're going to get what? We're going to yeah. have what? They're gonna do what? For those of you who don't know, we're talking about uh, Jeff Brain. He's the CEO of CloudHub. And Greg did did a live stream with
0: him on, it was Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah, Friday night. We're gonna start doing that every Friday. Right, so uh, Jeff basically explained um,
1: the changes that are coming to CloudHub. And I I posted that link in my Telegram channel. There's a lot of haters. Uh, What? uh, Yeah, there's a lot of haters on Telegram. Because they they, they tried CloudHub, um, you know, four or five months ago when it was pretty clunky, it was having problems. It has, you know, CloudHub does have some issues. And Jeff was came out and said, you know, I'm not really happy about the video part of the platform right now. Um, you know, the the group function is a little rough. The the messaging is is a little rough. Um, it it needs to be uh, refined and developed. I think I think we all know that. Yeah, there was there was people in Telegram who were hating on on CloudHub, but. That's fine. Yeah, that, that's, fine. that's fine. You know, it is what it is. It's you not everybody's can, cup of tea.
0: Yeah, you can't but, please
1: everybody all the time. You know. No, you can't. You can't. And Hub's a, a new platform, and new platforms are notoriously clunky, and slow, and glitchy, and and everything else.
0: Well, but not to done. mention, not to mention, we 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 burst that thing at the seams when the purge happened, and we were adding like two hundred fifty thousand yeah. people a day. Yeah. yeah, in January when the Twitter purge happened, uh,
1: yeah, they are adding <laughs> quarter of a million people a day to a platform that wasn't really designed for that level of engagement and number of users. So they had to ramp it up. And, and like you said, you know, um, Jeff, I think I think has done a really good job getting CloudHub back online, especially after all the deplatforming crap. They, they had an agreement with IBM to do the video hosting, and then IBM backs out of the agreement because they find out you got Q people on your platform? They're talking about the deep state? No, we're not gonna host them. So IBM backs out, dumps the video platform, and then he has to go and find new, new hosting. Mm-hmm. And it's really ironic, I find, just the fact that nobody would do the video hosting when they found out that there was a bunch of Q broadcasters on the platform. And he went to, um, he went to all these different uh, video hosting solutions and everyone said, you have Q people on your platform. No, we're not interested. We're not going to host. So that, that told him he had to build his own, uh, basically a server farm to do his own hosting. And down the road i think it's going to be um a, a key part of cloud hub's success is the fact that they were forced or they uh, jeff decided to do his own hosting mm-hmm. which is going to make the platform impervious to de-platforming um if, if you do your own hosting uh that takes a lot of the ability away from big tech to censor you yeah and it, it, that's. I think that's going to be a key to their success, and it all came about because he got pushback from all of the main hosting companies because he was hosting Q Q channels. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. It's to me, it's just funny. It's ironic that it, you know hosting the Q, the Q channels um, drove well, Cloud,
0: Cloud up to do self-hosting. Right. Yeah, yeah. They they took down all the channels all the channels and then there was a dozen of us that were deemed too dangerous for the interwebs and the thing that that like i already love jeff anyway but the thing that really will endear him to me for life is that he really stood up for us and he's like no i'm not i'm not taking a knee i'm not i'm not gonna de-platform these guys i'm gonna make a place where that everybody can share no matter what it is yeah
1: thanks for the correction yeah,
0: IBM uh, initially took all the videos
1: offline and then they restored the channels that were not talking about Q. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and the us, the dirty does. we were not allowed to, to live stream until Jeff came up with a suitable alternative. And, yeah. Yeah, the, and, and I'm with you. Um, his decision to take a bullet for us and decide, no, if it, if it requires me to spend you know a quarter of a million dollars to build a server farm <laughs> where I can host videos for these people because they have a right to, to free speech that sealed the deal for me yeah um, mm-hmm. I, I will I will be forever in his debt for um for, for taking a stand on principles for free speech and giving us a voice um, yeah so I, I'm excited about you know all the stuff that that he said is going to come rolling out uh, like him I'm not terribly enthusiastic about the video hosting uh, as it is right now I think it can be better and and he knows it can be better and that's gonna be uh, one thing I'm looking forward to Um, he and I had talked about a blogging platform and he, he told me a couple months ago that he could integrate a blogging feature into cloud hub at any time and to hear him say that they're actually going to do it I know that's not exciting to everybody but I'm a writer and I like to communicate through writing and uh, having a space limitation on social media where you can only write 280 characters. You can only write an X number of characters. It's really difficult. Even on Telegram, uh, I wrote a short article last week about the elections and I had to edit this thing down. You know, It was probably initially about a 700 word uh, article and I had to, You know, chop it down, edit it down to about 400 words because that's all that Telegram would allow me to post. Um, Having a a legit blogging um, interface is going to be huge for people like me, for writers, you know, Brian Cates, uh, Tracy Beans, and other social media influencers who like to communicate through writing. I mean, you know, we'll we'll all do broadcasting and it's nice that they're going to do podcasts. Um, I like that too because. You know, a lot of people like listening to, to, to podcasts when they're driving. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, when he said, yeah, we're going to roll out a, a blogging tool, I'm like, yes. Um, you know, I'll, I'll always, hopefully, always have my website, uh, pragmatic.com, where I can do my, my blogging and write my articles. But it's nice to have a social media platform where you can also just write on the platform. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the cool things about the, about CloudHub is, it's it has a lot of features of other social media platforms. Like Brian Cates and Thomas Wichter, they've gone to quote Verum as an alternative because they've been kicked off of Twitter, kicked off of Facebook, kicked off of everywhere else. And and they're writers, and it's, it's a place where they can write uh, without being censored. But. Um, those platforms, like Medium, another one, Medium is another blogging platform, but Medium has suspended the accounts of anyone who writes about Q. So, you know, if you're, if, if you're a writer and you don't want to go through, jump through the hoops of having to create your own website mm-hmm. um, and then try to get the word out, it's really nice to be able to just go to a social media platform and go, oh, hey, they have a blogging tool here that I can just write my articles. Um And use a little bit of HTML formatting. Hey, I can put in italics. I can put in bold. I can put in some images in my article. Um, To have that uh, tool natively embedded on the social media platform is huge. It's just like video. Like a lot of people uh, now are flocking to Rumble for their videos. But the only thing Rumble does is video. They don't do anything else. You can't private message people on Rumble yeah uh, you can't post images there's a lot of things you can't do on rumble it's not a pay to play rumble. over there to stream and you gotta pay to play over there to stream for those of you who don't know rumble does offer live streaming for hosts but it's 100 bucks a month to start out and then they charge you based on how much data you're streaming it's not an inexpensive option especially for people like you and i who don't have a huge audience and so you know, the fact that Jeff and um, Cloud Hub have been offering live streaming just for free. I mean, you, you, it's really hard to find any place where you can get live streaming for free. And so, for Cloud Hub to, to be going all in on live streaming and wanting to create a better interface for people like us, a better experience, um, I, I, I'm very excited about all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, was, I just, like I said, I was listening to Jeff talk about all the cool stuff that's coming to Cloud Hub. And I'm excited, and you know we don't know where where President Trump is going to land, but he could decide to create a Cloud Hub account, mm-hmm. uh, and if he does, that is going to be huge. Uh, and you know Jeff said we're ready for it. Yep. They ramped up their server capacity where they can they can now host a hundred million users, which you know he had uh, 89 mi- million users on uh, people following him on Twitter although I'm sure his actual number of followers is probably a lot higher because what you know on social media, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook is they fudge all the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, all of your engagement numbers, your follower numbers, your likes, your dislikes. If you are a Patriot, they are um, fudging your numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, when remember I was the doing when we put-
0: used to watch them roll back. You remember when yeah. we would see yeah. the numbers roll back? <laughs> One of the last broadcasts I did on Periscope, uh,
1: two days after I did this broadcast, there were 150,000 views on that broadcast on Periscope. And I went and checked the numbers on it two days later, and there were 45,000 views. (laughs) They took away 100,000 views off of the Periscope broadcast. And, you know, they do it on YouTube. They do it everywhere. They take your numbers down. So who knows what the actual number of followers are that Trump had on Twitter, YouTube and Facebook and, and who knows how many people he's going to bring over to whatever platform he comes to. Like I said, I don't know that he's coming to cloud hub, but if he does, um, it's going to massively increase the the traffic on that platform. And and I'm glad that uh, Jeff is being proactive, getting the platform set up. I'm interested to see the, the changes that roll out this week. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be watching it, and um, seeing what happens. So I, I just wanted to do, do a little um, a little monologue <laughs> on Cloud up because I'm 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 jacked up. I'm excited about what's coming uh, to the platform.
0: Well, we've been excited. You know, we're coming up on a year that we've been with them. I remember, you yeah. know, you and I talking. You had called up and and you were getting ready to have a meeting with Jeff and you you were very excited about it and then you call me back and you're like oh my gosh this guy's a real deal and yeah uh, then that's because i had a dream yeah i had two dreams actually i had two dreams i had
1: a dream about parlor uh it was not a good dream in the sense that it it gave me some information about parlor that was not good yeah and that was right about the time when parlor and cloud hub were both kind of um rolling out and and becoming a thing and then, I, about around the same time, I had a dream about CloudHub, and the dream about CloudHub was definitely encouraging. It was a it was a, a wink from God that I should uh, spend some time getting to learn more about CloudHub. Uh, you know, like I said, as soon as I got on the platform, Jeff contacted me, and uh, yeah, that was either June or July of last year. I don't remember when it was exactly, but uh, I had another CloudHub dream this week
0: <clears throat> oh boy come on
1: yeah it, 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 let's go yeah it's a. it was a it was a conceptual dream uh, kind of an abstract dream it's a little bit difficult to explain other than to to say let's see how could i explain this um it was it was very confusing the dream was i mean if you just analyze it from the natural perspective very hard to analyze but um what it Conveyed the message it conveyed to me was that there is opposition to CloudHub to what they're trying to accomplish. And I think in the future, there's going to be some confusion in the public about whether CloudHub attained their objectives or not. But in this dream, I saw that they did obtain their objectives even though it wasn't obvious to the public.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, that's that is actually something that's pretty common in the dreams that I have. It's a, it's a common um, theme in that I see things in dreams and I look at what the public is seeing. The public doesn't see it. But I, I look at it and I, I see it pretty, pretty plainly. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jeff said, they're going to have um, opposition and pushback. Uh, especially, you know, if, if Trump comes to CloudHub, that, that platform is going to be attacked like crazy.
0: Oh, it's already um, being attacked.
1: Yeah, alt-right, you know, Nazis and all the other crap, which I, I haven't actually seen any Nazis on CloudHub. I've seen a lot of neo-Nazis on Gab. I haven't seen any on CloudHub. Um, you know, to me, CloudHub is just a good platform where, you know, you can you can speak your mind. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know,
0: and
1: that's that's why I like it
0: because <laughs> well, whatever you got to say, yeah, yeah, and we got to keep Jeff in prayer, too, because he's really getting attacked. I mean, uh, and I would like to publicly dispel this this false freaking news, man. But remember when January 6th, remember then President Trump had us all come there and Jeff had a group on on, on Cloud Hub, you know, for Rideshare, which he's like, I thought Rideshare right. was like a good thing, right? But but last week, there was some little minuscule blogger out there with like 400 followers. He put out a story saying that Jeff funded the insurrection at the Capitol, you know, and was paying people <laughs> to like flood into DC. And he's like, it's like I put up a rideshare, you know, group. Right. <laughs> I was like,
1: Wasn't it something that was uh, kind of Code Monkey's brainchild where he thought, let's have a, a group? where people can just communicate if they need assistance getting to the capital.
0: Yeah. I think it was Enoch and code monkey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was just, you know, we're going to have an open group where people could, a forum where people can discuss and share information and details about, you know, getting to the Capitol. Yeah. It's, you know, facilitating, uh, people traveling. Yeah. I think it's going to get worse. You're right. We do need to keep Jeff in prayer, uh, and the platform in prayer because I, I think, CloudHub has a uh, strong potential to be a significant platform for free speech uh, going down the road.
0: Yeah, and it, and it's, I love the way that he was talking about it on Friday and, you know, the direction. It's like this is not social media, okay? Like the way that social media has been done before, this is a social tool. I mean, you know, you're excited about the blogging that's coming. There's podcasting. Um, you know, the meeting space where we can hold up to you can have in a hundred thousand people in a meeting room and be able to call on people and ask questions. Yep. have handouts. Uh, you're going to be able to get a hold of your representatives, uh, write yep. letters in. I, I mean, it, it, it's a tool. It's a social media tool. And then they're going to add e-commerce in. So a lot of great things.
1: Yeah. And the live streaming, uh, the chat thing sounds very interesting to me. Um, I've been using Telegram's live chat. I used it a couple of times um, back in May, and I really liked it. So uh, on that on Telegram, you go live, it's an audio live stream, and then you, you can see your audience, all the listeners that are tuned in, there's a list of them, you can scroll through and see them, and then people can raise their hand, and they pop up to the top of the list, and then you can select uh, one of them, tell them to unmute themselves, and then you can have a conversation with them. They can ask questions and stuff. Well, that's what CloudHub's gonna do, but with video. Mm -hmm. So the host will be on video, and the audience will be on audio. They'll start out all muted, and then you can unmute one person at a time and have them talk, kind of like a webinar. I'm excited about that. I mean, obviously, you as a broadcaster, you love to interact with the audience. Um, having live chat and being able to take questions from people on a broadcast, you're going to be in freaking heaven. I just know it.
0: (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I am too. (laughs) And
1: a couple of times I did it on, um, on telegram. I really enjoyed doing that. I I had not done that before the, the live interaction with, with someone. Fortunately for me, I didn't get anybody who wanted to, like, do a d- doctoral dissertation on my live stream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, you know, people were respectful and courteous. But uh, I think there's just so much potential for what what CloudHub can do for us, uh, you
0: know, in the, in the next couple of years. It's, it's exciting. And, I mean, I think it's going to... Like I don't even think like there were some surprises even for me in there, you know. But like I don't even think we can wrap our head around, you know, how how great it's going to be. Not only to be to to have all these new tools available to us, but to have a place where where, like I know, and I know some of us, some of the broadcasters and things, I've I've heard us all kind of talking about this lately, and and even you yourself, you know, it's like. It's like we've had to tailor our speech and the things that we say and and like, you know, little plays on words. And, you know, I saw people were freaking out in the chat a few minutes ago that we were saying Q. And, you know, it's so nice to be able to, you know, deliver your content and your message and and not have to worry about constantly. Oh, they're going to take this down. They're going to demonetize me. They're going to, you know, cut my stream Mm -hmm. in the middle. Yep. Well, I was listening to these guys from New Hampshire
1: talk about, uh, let's see, Nick uh, Mosider and uh, Behizi and and all these other patriots in New Hampshire, and they're talking about election fraud, but they would never say the word fraud on their YouTube channels. They would always say the five letter F word that we're not gonna talk about. Like, Mm -hmm. what are they talking about? Like, what's the word that they can't say? It's fraud. None of them are saying the word fraud on their channels because they know if they do, They'll get strikes and most of them just got uh, a one week suspension on their YouTube channels mm-hmm. because they use the F word, the word fraud.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. It's, it's crazy that you can't uh, on YouTube say certain words, but you know, like you said on cloud hub, we could talk about Q, you can talk about election fraud, you can talk about COVID you can talk about hydroxychloroquine. You don't have to worry about getting suspended. Your channel yeah. ain't getting suspended unless yeah. you violate, break the law. If you break the law, you know, break you the law. You, you got yeah. bigger problems than being suspended on social media. You, you might be facing jail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking so, of that, I mean, that's like a nice segue into, you know, the stuff Ted Cruz was talking about yesterday. Uh, you know, coming out where it's where it's being found out that that Facebook was actually working on behalf of the of the U.S. government to take down posts. I mean. I know right. I was affected. I know you were affected. I know Dilly right. was affected. So many of our of our of our of our crew, you know, just for is, mentioning uh, things.
1: Is Facebook and our um, our YouTube and Twitter are going to reinstate our channels, which they took down when <laughs> when we're proven uh, right and we weren't engaging in misinformation. We're actually telling people the truth. We're gonna get our our, our pages back? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. But yeah, it's it's interesting what's coming out. Um, all those the Fauci email dump has been very interesting. Why was there so many redactions uh, in, in the emails that reference Zuckerberg and Fauci, and what were they talking about, and how are they plotting and planning to take people down who talked about hydroxychloroquine? Yeah. And, we talked about all um, the cures and the fact that it, the pandemic is, is a hoax. I think there was a lot more collusion going on than most normies would like to think about. And I think normies are going to be faced with some some interesting decisions. You know, again, more red pilling information coming out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the red pill, the daily red pill.
0: Well, and it's like I get I get pushback all you know all the time in my family and, and, and different people, you know, that I, that I talk to. Oh they're they're well they're a private company, they can they can do that. And like Cruz was saying yesterday, that when when you're working on behalf of the government, that definitely that definitely changes things.
1: Yep. And that is the argument. You know, we all understand that private companies are not required to uphold the constitution. They don't have to. If you're a private company, you're not required to um, uphold First Amendment free speech. You can censor people on your social media platform if you're a private company. Mm-hmm. The government, on the other hand, is required to honor the Constitution and uphold the First Amendment free speech. The government cannot legally abridge uh, First Amendment. So, when the government, we've been known this for months, Dave on X22 has been talking about it forever. Uh, when the government wants to violate the Constitution, they have the private sector do it. Mm-hmm. They let the private sector do something, and then they say, Well, we can't stop them. They're a private company. And now we've got all kinds of information that's coming out from California, from Iowa, that state governments of many states have been working hand in glove with Facebook and Twitter telling the government has been telling the private companies censor these people take these posts down ban these accounts so the government is using a middleman to abridge first amendment free speech that is a, a violation of the constitution that's a huge problem yeah uh, and it's been happening for a
0: long time and now it's been exposed oh yeah oh yeah well, I mean, uh, I think I think we we all know that Zuckerberg was involved in so much. How much did he spend on on the election stuff? What was it like 450 400 million? 350 million dollars. Yeah. Hey, poured into that. Oh, I wonder if he had anything to do with that. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. And then you think about these doctors, I mean, like legit doctors coming out and, and talking about things. You had those the frontline doctors, uh, you know, uh, on the on the steps, you know, they were telling all about this the one doctor they raked her through the coals. Because she's like, I don't want to see people die anymore, you know, and this was early on. So, you know, if you're censoring that stuff, if you're knowingly censoring this stuff, then doesn't that put them on the hook for murder, Dave? I mean, it was March Uh, 19th that, that Trump said something about HCQ. March 19th, 2020. Wonder about this hydrochloroquine. It looks like it could be promising how many right. people died because they censored it, they took everybody down, they didn't want the information going on? And, I mean, and Fauci,
1: there, Fauci has known about hydroxychloroquine forever. Anyone wrote a who's paper a doctor, in
0: 2005.
1: Anyone who's a doctor, especially uh, if, if you're an immunologist, where you deal with viruses and bacteria and infections, knows that hydroxychloroquine has been... Uh, an effective treatment against coronaviruses. Coronaviruses have been around forever. And they've been treated with drugs like hydroxychloroquine forever. That's not a big secret. You know, a lot of the epidemics we've seen over the last 25 years were all various strains of the coronavirus. And they've been treated in the past with drugs like hydroxychloroquine and and ivermectin and uh, uh, azithromycin. And so, so the medical community has known this for a long time. And for fauci to pretend and for the for the medical technocracy to pretend that these drugs are dangerous was just absolute fraud yeah from the from the get-go they've all known for a long time those drugs were not dangerous that they're safe they're effective and you're right i I think that a lot of these people are going to be criminally charged the emails that have come out against fauci are damning they pretty much prove that he knew the virus was engineered. His assistant was telling him in emails how they engineered the virus. Uh, this is how they did it. Uh, in one email, um, his assistant said, called the coronavirus a bioweapon. And oh, by the way, here's how they developed it. And here's all yeah. the explanation. Here's the recipe. <laughs> like he can't, he can't say that he didn't know this. He knew it. He lied. And a lot of people died uh, oh. because of it. And I want to say one thing because I get people questioning me all the time now, especially on Telegram. People are asking, why is Trump pushing the vaccine? What the heck is he doing? I don't trust Trump, he's pushing the vaccine. Okay, I'm gonna explain this one more time. If you listen to Trump's speech from North Carolina that he gave this last weekend, listen carefully to what he says about How the virus developed, how the vaccine was developed, what the medical technocracy was telling him, you will hear his explanation about why he is pushing the vaccine. It's a narrative. We're in an information war. And Trump is putting out a counter narrative to the mainstream media and the medical technocracy and their narrative. He is putting out a competing narrative. And here's the first thing you need to know. That message is not for you. He is talking to normies. And you have to understand who he's talking to. That message that he's putting out there, that he developed the vaccines in record time, is not for us. So ignore it. Don't listen to it. Don't get triggered by it. And don't respond to it. And don't be angry because it's not for you. The medical technocracy and politicians told Trump, we're shutting down the country, we're gonna destroy businesses, we're going to force people to wear masks, we're gonna destroy the economy and there's nothing you can do about it because you don't have a vaccine. Mm. And the vaccine is the only way we're gonna ever open up again. Trump was forced to develop a vaccine in record time. He didn't have any other options because the medical experts Dictated the terms. They said only a vaccine is going to allow the country to open up. He didn't have any choice He had to develop a vaccine So he got the vaccine manufacturers going he got on the FDA. He got the vaccine approved in record time and Listen to what he says. He said millions of lives were saved because we got the vaccine out I took a big gamble I put in, I bought billions of, spent billions of dollars buying the vaccine, not even knowing if it was going to be approved, and it was a gamble, and I took that risk, and it paid off, and I saved, Trump is taking credit for saving the lives of millions of people around the world, because he gambled on the vaccine and got it out there. Now, again, he is not talking to people who are anti-vaxxers, he is not talking to people who are awake and know the truth. He's talking to normies who think that the vaccine is is a treatment, people who don't believe in hydroxychloroquine, don't believe in ivermectin. He's talking to people who have a relatively low amount of information about this situation. And all he's saying is, I took the initiative in record time got the vaccine out, and because I did, we saved hundreds of millions of lives around around the world. That is what Trump is saying. He's taking credit for saving the world. And he keeps on going back to the to Spanish flu of uh, 1918. And he says, if we if I had not put the vaccine out, we would have another record-setting pandemic like the Spanish flu. So he his entire reason for talking about the vaccine is that he is pushing back against the mainstream media narrative. The narrative of the of the medical technocracy and he's taking credit for saving millions of lives. It, it's a narrative. You, it, it may not even be true, but it's a narrative and it's not for us. It is for normies. So don't get triggered by it. And don't freak out and go, oh, Trump's a globalist. He's pushing the vaccine. He wants people to die. No, he doesn't. It's optics. 50% of what Trump says is optics. He is saying this for the purpose of optics because he really didn't have a choice. He was put into a corner and he, he decided to use their narrative against them and he developed a counter narrative. Well, if I can't, if we're, if you're gonna destroy the country, you're gonna destroy the world through shutdowns, I'm gonna develop a vaccine and I'm going to shut you down. And he did. He got the vaccine out, was able to open up the country again, open up businesses, Uh, get rid of the masks it's 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 all narrative and I would just encourage people to to use a little critical thinking and realize that Trump is strategic in everything he does everything he says there's a strategic purpose for it and if you don't understand what that purpose is if it's not obvious do a little more thinking and and think about the fact that he's talking to different audiences about different subjects
0: well, had they not come out with the vaccine? I mean, they were talking about like, what, four or five years that like, keep us yeah. all locked down. Yeah, and...
1: they were, they were going to destroy the economy. they were going to destroy. The goal was to um, destroy the capitalist economy so they could usher in socialism. That's mm. what they wanted to do. It was a an engineered plan to destroy our Western capitalist economy so that. If you listen to uh, these guys talk about the, the reset, the big, the great reset, they admit that their plan was to, in the wake of COVID, they were going to, it was going to become obvious that capitalism was a failure and that a new economy needs to be developed. That was mm-hmm. their plan. And they, they tell you what the plan was. They oh, plan yeah. to destroy a capitalist economy and replace it with socialism. Mm -hmm. And they were going to use COVID to destroy our economy, shut down businesses, put uh, small businesses out of work, uh, blow up the stock market. They were well on their way to it. Uh, The stock market, uh, the Dow, went from a high of 29,000 in March of last year to around 19,000 in about three weeks. They erased most of the stock market gains in, in less than a month. Yeah. And had Trump not um, countered that, the stock market would have been wiped out. Oh, uh, yeah, they definitely people's, people's, people's retirement accounts would have been wiped out. Businesses would be wiped out. People would still have their businesses locked down. Uh, unemployment would probably be around 25 or 30%. I mean, we had unemployment. It, I'm trying to remember what the high of unemployment was last year. It was around, was it 14, 15 percent? It was, you know, moving toward 20 percent. We'd probably be at 30 percent unemployment right now. Yeah. Um, That was their plan. Their plan was to destroy jobs, destroy businesses, destroy the capitalist economy, destroy the stock market, and then tell the world COVID exposed the weakness of capitalism. We need to get rid of capitalism. We need to bring in our socialist economy. And that's what they were going to do. They were going to destroy the capitalist economy. Trump's decision to push the vaccine saved our capitalist economy. Because he rolled out the vaccine, it allowed him to tell the governors, you can open up the states. There's no reason anymore. There's no reason to lock people down because we now have a vaccine. The vaccine, I hate to say it, but the fact that he, he, he put the vaccine out there before he got, uh, before the election, it gave people the option to open up their States, open up the businesses. And it, it, I hate to say it, but it did, it saved our capitalist economy and it saved us from, from communism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may not like that, but that is the truth. The vaccine itself, what you, whatever you think of how it works, how it doesn't work, what it does, whatever else, the optics of Trump being able to say, we now have a vaccine, therefore you don't need to lock people down, you don't need to destroy businesses anymore, it saved our economy. And and Trump is taking a victory lap because he saved lives and saved our economy on uh, his decision to get that vaccine rolling at light speed. And if you can't understand the optics of that, I'm sorry, I can't help you, but that is why Trump is pushing the vaccine issue it's optics and it, it did help save our economy
0: Well, I mean he was out there talking to us every day every day he was out there I, I love it when they come back and say that he didn't have a plan and he didn't do this that, of the other thing he was out there talking to us every day every single yeah. day he didn't have a plan so <laughs> if he didn't have a plan
1: then who recorded all of the data that was transferred on the night of the election and the three or four days after the election where votes are being flipped yeah. why was someone recording all of that if he didn't have a plan yeah uh you you and i talked about this about a couple months ago um and, and i kind of came to the conclusion that trump had to know they were going to steal the election he was telling us in march and april that the reason <laughs> why why they were pushing these um, the mail-in ballot issues in all these states was that they were going to steal the election. And they were using mm-hmm. COVID as the excuse to put out all these mail-in ballots, uh, to, to stuff the ballot boxes to steal the election. He was warning us five months before the election that they were going to steal the election. Trump knew it was coming. Yeah. So Trump had some very smart people with the, with the skills recording – all of the internet data that was involved in the stealing of election and Mike Lindell's uh, white hat hackers in his in Mike's latest video explain all the data packets and down to pretty pretty small numbers showed how they stole how they flipped the votes in Arizona in Georgia Pennsylvania and other swing states Um, if that, that that never would have happened they would never have recorded that information unless Trump knew the election was being stolen and put into operation a plan to catch them in the act and record it all yeah, and sure. that information now is yeah. is going to blow up the, the whole narrative that we had the safest uh, most secure election in history plus you know the Arizona audit and uh, on the audit um, front. Uh, Mark Fincham yesterday said that the GOP in Nevada is now uh, calling for an audit. (laughs) I've been waiting for Nevada to hit the radar. Um, Nevada's politics are somewhat corrupt, and there's a lot of, um, especially in Clark County, Las Vegas area, there's a lot of corruption in the political system there. They have a corrupt Democrat governor, but the, there are some Republicans who are starting to make noise about an audit in Nevada. I was wondering if they were ever going to get on the, get on this and and start making some noise, but they finally are. Um, it sounds like Vernon Jones is bringing a delegation uh, from Georgia to Maricopa County this week. Uh, so there's a lot more
0: interest, growing interest in in audits. Mm. How about that? I love uh, it. But I, I want to stick with this plan kind of thing, though. Okay, because I went back earlier this week and I was reading some drops from the very beginning, right? And so it talks about Trump being asked to to run by the military, and you know they made sure there was there were there was things in place for for the twenty sixteen election not to be to not be rigged, right? To to get him right. in office. Then you've got then couple that with Fauci in twenty seventeen, like I think right after inauguration. Or maybe it was right before. Yeah, it, the it, funding. Talking, yeah, with with the funding, and then talking about without a doubt, the next president will face a pandemic. Right? There was right. a proportion. He said change. that in December
1: of uh, twenty nineteen. He said. Oh, yeah, he might have said it. In, no, no, he, he said say, it in twenty
0: seventeen. He said it
1: before Trump was inaugurated. He said that. Yeah, the the next president is going to face a, a a massive pandemic.
0: You're, All you're right. right. Now, now I got hammered by people last week about you with this, okay? So, so if that's the case with the with the election, right? Then you know, because the utter shock and awe of everybody that Hillary didn't win, okay? Then Fauci saying that, then everything that we've been up against, you know, the Russian collusion, all the things that they try to go against the met, then. You know, so if they knew it was rigged in 2016 and they did something about it, that tells me that they knew about 2020 well in advance. The Fauci coming out in 2017 saying about about facing a pandemic. So, like, uh, you know, it's not the first arrest that's going to shock the world, but the first arrest is going to show future direction. So, like, like everybody was pushing back on me the, every, the other day saying that you said Ghislaine was the first arrest. But... To me, I'm wondering if what about Fauci and everything that's coming out about Fauci, because Fauci seemed to be like the spearheader of so many things and so many trails lead back to him. And if you knock over that domino, not only do you get the pandemic, the locking down, the destroying of our country, the destroying of capitalism, um, you got election fraud in there. You've got so many different things, the Hollywood narrative, all of it. It seems like wouldn't Fauci be like a major arrest
1: yeah, if if Fauci is arrested, it would it would be a major arrest. I'm and I'm not arguing that um, Ghislaine Maxwell is the most significant arrest in all of this, or the or even that um, her arrest was shocking. I'm simply pointing out that Q said that Ghislaine Maxwell was the first arrest that he was referring to. Q was making that argument, not me. It's not my argument.
0: Okay, because people saying, were lighting me
1: up, man. Well, if you go back and read the posts, um, Q is the one who said Elaine Maxwell was the first arrest, and and Anans were arguing with Q, saying, oh, no one's shocked, no one's surprised. And Q was arguing that um, Anans were underestimating um, the importance of her arrest because her arrest would lead to the arrest of other people, right? Mm -hmm. and. Again, this is not me arguing. <laughs> this is, I'm just telling you what Q No, we're says. not arguing. We're just talking, man. <clears throat> right. So if people attack me and say, oh, well, you're wrong. I'm like, well, you're arguing with Q. You're arguing." with And we're all just playing me. from home, it's man. It's with Q. Yeah. You. you know, it's like when people say, you know, I-, I disagree with you on this issue. I'm like, well, your argument is with the Bible. So go have fun with that because the Bible says this and the Bible disagrees with you. You can go and have a, a conversation with God about that. It's not my thing. Right. So um, Fauci, the arrest of Fauci would be significant. But you could argue that the arrest of a lot of people is going to be significant. You know, the arrest of Adam Schiff is going to be highly significant. Um, The arrest of a a lot of people in very high places is going to be a shocker and they are going to get arrested. (laughs) The arrest of James Comey and Robert Mueller is going to be something I'll take joy in. Uh, and it's coming. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I try not to get too wrapped up in in past things. People focus a lot on things a Q has said that they think is still yet to happen, and it's already happened. Mm-hmm. You know, the first arrest has already happened. Ten days of darkness already happened. Uh, you know, wash the water. Uh, people keep bringing that up again. Every time there's anything about the water, or, oh, watch the water. Q said, watch the yeah. water. That is yeah. a specific reference. It was a specific reference to yeah. uh, portraits of Kim Jong-il and Kim Jong-un. That's the reference to watch the water. And it I, Q has never hinted that it has any other connection or reference to anything else mm-hmm. other than uh, North Korea and what was going on in March in the lead up to the Singapore meeting between Trump and and Kim. That's the reference to watch the water, but people keep dredging up all these, you know, old references to things that have already happened.
0: So I, I, I what go ahead, go ahead. Can you clarify just, the 10 days of darkness one more time for everybody, man? Because I, I I get so tired of hearing about this 10 days of darkness. No. Oh my gosh. In, in I hear 10 January, days of in, darkness.
1: In January and February, I was just getting so sick of people predicting 10 days of darkness. And I'm like, look, it already happened. And here's when it happened. You have to go back and read the post. If you go back and read the post, you'll see what's going on. And that's the problem, is people throw these phrases out there and they don't bother to read the posts. Mm -hmm. They just know that, oh, this guy, you know, said that Q said 10 days of darkness. Jen
0: even talks about the 10 days of darkness.
1: (laughs) If you go back, go back to December of 2017 and read through the posts and you'll find two posts in in particular, and they're long ones, um, where 10 days darkness is mentioned and you know, I'll get into some minutiae here. So in one post, it it's 10 days, T-E-N, days, darn kiss darkness was misspelled, and Q did not correct it. And then there's another one, 10 days, dark, darkness. And it's the number 10, not that it matters, but Q wrote out the number 10 one time and used the number 10 the second time. So this was in December of 2017, and... Uh, in December 2017, and Anon asked Q, 10 days darkness, when? When? And Q responded, shut down. Okay? So, in, in one of those posts, in the longer post where Q was talking about 10 days darkness, Q was also talking about operational considerations. Security on the board security of the trip code, um, issues with uh, CIA coming in and and attempting to infiltrate and hack and create false narratives and, and and divide and all this other stuff. There's all these operational considerations that Q is talking about. And then Q says 10 days darkness. And it's all in the context of operational considerations issues that Q had with, with posting on the board. Mm-hmm. So in the same way, when you're, um, when you're reading passages of scripture, it's good to put those passages in context. What audience was, uh, the apostle Paul talking to He wrote it. Who was the audience? What were the cultural considerations at the time? What was happening in that particular church? What issue was he addressing? Put it all in context. And you get a better understanding of of what that passage actually means so if you put 10 days darkness in the context in the correct context of operational considerations you start to think okay so this was probably q talking about some operational problem
0: Mm -hmm.
1: during november and december of 2017 the longest period of time Q had gone without posting was four days. So if you just look at the time intervals between all the posts, the longest time interval between Q's posts in that time frame was four days. And between December 25th and January 4th, Q went 10 days without posting. He went dark for 10 days. Yeah. All right. Now, um, if you look at the post leading up to December 25th, 2017, uh, you'll see various subjects being mentioned. And then on the 25th, on December 25th, Q starts out a post with brackets, 10 comma, 10 nine comma, right? Like Q is starting a countdown, mm-hmm. starting at 10 and then going to nine. And what follows after that? Eight, seven, six, it's a countdown. It's a 10-day countdown, okay? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. That's how that post starts out. That was the last post that Q posted before posting again on January 4th, 10 days later. Boom. Right, 10 days of darkness, I think, was simply Q letting Anons know, I'm gonna go dark for 10 days, it's for operational purposes. And I want you guys to know I'm not leaving. Uh, I've been on here every two or three days, you know, posting. There's going to come a time when I'm going to be gone for 10 days. Don't freak out. I'm going to come back. Yeah. And then on December 25th, Q that countdown 10-9, letting Anons know, hey, the 10 days of darkness is coming. And then 10 days later, January 4th, Q comes back. Now, that is... That was the ten days of darkness. Q just went dark for 10 days and didn't post. It's that simple. And if you go back and read the post, you'll see all this. Um, it it doesn't speak about a future event. Q never mentioned it again after that. Yeah. It was only mentioned in December of twenty seventeen. It was never mentioned again. And that's one way all the time. And you hear about it all the time. And it's something that Q mentioned one time. Watch the water, one time in March. Yeah. Uh, 2018 and people keep bringing it up and bring it up and q has never mentioned it since then <laughs> yeah why because it pertained to something back then and it doesn't pertain to anything in the future which is why Q's not mentioning it um so uh yeah thank you for letting me air my mental illnesses
0: <laughs> <How about you? laughs> no, it's, def- it's definitely needed and ironically enough jen is in the chat um, but yeah, like she always kind of brings that up too. Oh, what about the 10 days of darkness, the 10 days of darkness? I nah, 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 nah. I get so sick of hearing about that 10 days of darkness. So thanks well, for clarifying here's, here's
1: that. Well, here's something else to consider. Uh, some people are under the mistaken assumption that Q is a fortune teller or mm-hmm. Q is from the future or time travel or whatever. <clears throat> when an Anon asks Q in a question and answer session, how do you know the future? Hugh said control. Hmm. Simple. As part of um, Trump's administration being in the intelligence community, Trump has control over certain things, when they happen, how they happen, and who's involved. And if you're the person that's in control of those events, you can sort of predict when they're going to happen, or you can have foreknowledge of when they're going to happen. Yeah, so Q is simply telling people <clears throat> that he is able to foreshadow certain events happening and, and know about them before they happen because Trump is in control of them and Trump and Q communicate and Trump is Q place. It, it's not anything about, you know, the crystal ball, reading the future, being from the future, time travel. It has nothing to do with it. So If Q does not have control over that issue or or if Trump doesn't have control over it There's no way that they're going to have foreknowledge of it if they don't have control over it All the people who are predicting that there's going to be a blackout an internet blackout for 10 days Okay, none of those people have control Over when the internet goes down and how long it's going to last None of those people, Trump doesn't have control over that. I, I don't think anyone, any one person has control over when the internet would go down, when there would be a power outage, and, and, and the length of it, the duration being 10 days. Mm-hmm. If you just think about it critically, logically, mm-hmm. realize that not no one entity would have control over that, you couldn't predict 10 days of darkness back in 2017 or an event like that that you're not going to have control over. If Q or, and, and or Trump don't have control over it, it's not going to be something that they predicted. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, there's a lack of critical thinking out there. People just kind of throw things out there, throw memes out there and, and throw phrases out there without really thinking through logically. Is this something that Trump could have control over you know, yeah. in, in the future? And it isn't a lot of times so.
0: And I think it's important for people to go back and, and read through the drops. I've been going back. I've been starting in the beginning. Every night I've kind of been going through. And, you know, those first hundred were were very significant. And then, you know, we got a lot of things out of order. And, back. you know, so I think it's important for people to just because he's not dropping anymore doesn't mean that this stuff is, is, like, meaningless. I think it's very important for people to go back, especially now, you know, to go back and, and start going over some of those things. This is a very good time to go back and read the drops. I've been going back
1: and organizing all my Q videos. I do have them, uh, and they are all on CloudHub. By the way, <laughs> that's that's where they're hosted. Um, I don't have them publicly available right now, and that is for a specific purpose. But they will become available at some time in the future, and they're all hosted on CloudHub right now.
0: But I'm going back
1: through some of the videos and kind of getting things organized. But I'm also going back and reading some old posts. I don't know that there is any actual posts from the past that are speaking to issues that are happening right now. I know a lot of people are are connecting post numbers and timestamps of different posts to things that are happening now. My personal belief is um, I don't think anything that's happening right now is tied into old Q posts. And that's in a specific sense. In a general sense, I think it's really good to go back and read the old posts. Mm-hmm. Not because you're going to see, oh, wait a minute, they're doing the audit in Georgia and the, the, the resolution number is 1495. And if you go to post 1495, you're gonna find this post and this is what Q yeah. said. That's, that's not the connection.
0: That'll um, make your uh, head spin. Yeah.
1: Those, but there's incredible
0: insights, you know. There's incredible insights to kind of like the inner workings and how things are, how things play out. Those
1: are, those are contrived connections. They're Mm. not actual connections. And anyone can, can manufacture a a, a connection. Oh, timestamp, a bill number, a post number, whatever. I think there's a lot of, um, people are trying to make connections to things that are not actual connections. Mm-hmm. However, like you said, um, it's, it's a good time to go back and read the posts. The posts do have a lot of good information and you will continually see the overall big picture plan. If you go back and read the posts, if you, if you take what has happened and what has come to light in the last six months, you know, regarding a lot of things, regarding the election, regarding uh, COVID, uh, you'll you'll see that there, there actually is a plan in place to expose all this stuff. Like mm-hmm. um, some of the posts from Q about how do you secure elections post-POTUS, right? This was uh, one of the more recent drops, I think from November 8th, November 7th, 8th or 9th, where Q was talking about um, the election going for Joe Biden, the election being stolen, and Q is asking, how do we secure elections post Uh How do you safeguard the elections after Trump leaves office?
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: if you look at what's happening now, and look at all the audits, and look at all the bills that, are, that have been put in by state legislatures around the country, all the election reform that's going on, uh, the massive public awareness of or suspicion of election fraud, this all had to be exposed in order for it to be corrected, because we've been hearing from politicians and the mainstream media forever, oh, we have the most safe and secure elections in the world when, in fact, they've been stealing and rigging our elections for decades. Mm -hmm. Public didn't know it, but now the public is waking up. Well, you know, it, it was necessary for the public to be woke up to become aware of all this fraud uh, for the public to demand that something be done about it. I mean, you have people now ringing their legislators' phones off the hook, emailing them like crazy by the thousands, demanding um, audits. And that's what happens when you wake up the citizenry. And this had to happen. You know, it would have been great to have the White Hats pull some little maneuver where they could uh, make sure that Trump didn't lose the election and and that, that um Biden wouldn't have been able to cheat, but all that would do is that would kick the can down the road. Mm-hmm. If they prevented somehow prevented Biden from getting enough uh, artificial fake votes to win, there would have been no public exposure of the fraud. Yeah, the fact that you know Joe didn't campaign other than. Sitting in a room with six people in circles. uh, Four of them are press. And and stumbling and mumbling his way through a a horrible speech. And then the mainstream media telling us that he got 11 million more votes than Barack Obama. (laughs) 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 Um, And when you watch his YouTube videos, uh, the White House YouTube videos, and Biden speaks, and he got 7,000 people watching. And then Trump. I used does a to get speech. more
0: than that and a Devo man. Come on. I know, I know.
1: And then Trump does a speech, and millions of people tune in to watch the speech. And Biden was like the most popular presidential, you know, winner ever. Yeah. There, there's, there's a disconnect, and people are figuring it out. Yeah. Um, so none of that would have happened if they hadn't let Biden cheat and win. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that. They, they cheated it's in, in such massive numbers uh, not just in the presidential race I think but in, in the Senate races and the house races and a lot of the down ballot races I think the Arizona audit is going to uncover fraud all up and down the ballot not just in Maricopa County but in other counties I, I think that the Arizona Senate will end up auditing the entire state probably oh, yeah I, I suspect they're gonna find massive fraud in Maricopa, in Maricopa County and I think they're, that's going to cause them to audit the entire state, all the yeah. races. Then that'll become the gold standard. Uh, the gold standard will be audit every county and audit every race. Yeah. <laughs> if you think there's fraud. Um,
0: well, it goes back to you got to let the people see. And, and people are like, oh, I'm so tired of hearing that. But it's like, have you ever tried to tell people that things were going on? Have you ever yeah. tried to tell people that HCQ worked or the COVID was a, was a pandemic How did that go? You got to let them see for themselves and, and people needed to wake up themselves. Just like we woke up, you know, people need to wake up and they yeah, you can't, you can't it's, tell them, you can't tell it's them. It's very frustrating being awake and
1: watching nothing happen to, to the bad guys. No one's being arrested. No one's being prosecuted. Nothing seems to be changing. You're, you've been awake, and, and a lot of you know, people who comment uh, on social media they 've been awake for 20 25, 30 years. They've, they've know about the deep state, they know all about the, the, the politician pedophiles they 've known about this stuff forever and imagine waiting 30 years to see these people brought to justice
0: It's got to be frustrating. Yeah. You know I only woke up a couple of years ago, but the, the process But you knew stuff was jacked up you just didn't know the true nature
1: of it yeah i I didn't i i generally distrusted politicians because i knew the political system was was corrupt so i just avoided politics i I didn't put any faith in in political figures um and and i avoided politics um, not because i had done any deep dives or anything but i I just understood that the system was corrupt i think most people are
0: like that too
1: I think that most normies understand that corruption exists, but uh, obviously they don't understand the depth and the the breadth of it. And that's what's happening now that people who have been awake for a long time, who are frustrated and angry because no one's been prosecuted and it doesn't look like anyone's going to be prosecuted. um, What they fail to realize is uh, you have to, we have to wake more people up Mm -hmm. If, if you try to prosecute uh, the deep state, if you try to put John Brennan and Obama, Clapper and Comey, if you try to put those people in prison without waking up a significant uh, part of the population, you're going to have civil war. Mm-hmm. We have to wake more people up. And it's happening. It's happening all the time. More yeah. audits, uh, more exposure, more emails are coming out. Um, there's just more information dripping out all the time that's exposing the corruption and I know it's hard but the people who are waiting for the prosecution is have to wait a little bit longer uh, I think we're gonna we're, we're going to arrive at a watershed moment coming up here uh, in the fall possibly in the summer but uh, it looks like the the counting process for counting the ballots here in Maricopa County is going to wrap up in the next week or two. Um, and
0: Excellent.
1: then they've, they'll be wrapping up the forensic, the, the, um, the microscopic inspection of the paper. So the folds, uh, any watermarks that are there, any, um, any other artifacts that, um, show, um, counterfeit or fraudulent ballots that they've switched, uh, People from counting the ballots to doing the microscopic inspection of the ballots because that part was lagging behind. And they'll have that part probably finished up in a few weeks. And then we get to have the results announced about what happened with the audit and what did they find. And I think that's going to be the neutron bomb. It's
0: going to take out. It's going to be a hot summer.
1: Yeah, it's that'll destroy the narrative of, you know, the safest, most secure election in history. If, uh, if and when they find fraud, and it's announced by the Arizona Senate, that there is, you know, x number of fraudulent ballots, x number of votes flipped through the machines, if and when that kind of information comes out, it is going to destroy the narrative that this was the safest, most secure election. And that um, that kind of information should embolden citizens in other states and other state legislatures to look do a deep dive and look into the um, most secure, safest election ever because that narrative is going to die real soon, I think. It's going to uh, be a hot
0: summer. Yeah, very, very hot summer. We're not even talking about the weather. <laughs> 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 I'm excited, man. It, it's... It, uh... I just love the way that it's heating up, and the and the the sheer panic, and oh my gosh! But it's right on time too for CloudHub because you know they're gonna shut us down everywhere. You know, so uh, make sure yeah. you guys are getting over to CloudHub. Yeah,
1: Dave on X twenty two keeps talking about the internet blackout.
0: Um,
1: th- this could be the thing that that uh, that makes them drop the hammer, and not I'm not just banning and censoring, banning accounts and censoring posts, but taking down platforms and taking down parts of the internet. Uh, I I think we're getting close to that stage of the game where the deep state might start throwing some switches to take some platforms (laughs) offline and take parts of the internet down. Because once this information comes out, it's going to be devastating to their narrative. And you're gonna get people waking up like crazy, and yeah, and then it's gonna be okay. Well, you know, are we in our cozy little bunker here? Are we comfy? And how do we get our message out? Oh. Um, we have some unique challenges ahead.
0: Well, if if, if if they start taking down these platforms, people are gonna be forced to come over to CloudHub and and places like that. And I mean, they're already moving over there just to see what's going on too. Like it's a, it's a, it's it's amusing to me to see like normies getting their accounts shut down too for like inadvertently like questioning something or putting something out there you know it's like people are like i've never said anything before i i i haven't done anything like this why are they taking my account yep
1: that's that is really funny because i'm getting messages uh from people and friends are from normies who are having their posts censored on facebook and they're like what I, I, I'm not a neo-Nazi. Why are you censoring my posts about stuff? You know, I, I, thought this was a, I thought this was an alt-right thing, you know, and, and, and now, you know, some people on the left are getting their posts censored.
0: And their you too shit. can have a COVID <laughs> tag.
1: Yes, and it's it's amusing to see how people that were okay with us being censored are now getting censored themselves, and they're like, well, this is censorship. What about the First Amendment? oh yeah well (laughs) welcome to the Uh, club uh here's your red pill um yeah it's 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 interesting i think um the more they yeah the more they try to control the narrative the more damage they're doing to the narrative Uh, they
0: always overplay
1: the devil always overplays his hand They, they have to they're desperate they don't they don't have any choice
0: yeah
1: they they have to go hard on censorship and narrative control now and it's going to get worse and you know the more they censor and the more they take people's accounts down the more people are going to wake up and
0: uh you know welcome to the great awakening it's happening yeah the best is yet to come well thank you so much for hanging out i love hermetic mondays i say that every week but it's true i love it Sometimes I wish, you know, we had like a medic Wednesday or Thursday as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for letting me have a few days off uh, between oh, yeah.
0: episodes. Uh, just to let
1: you know, um, I'm getting a lot of positive comments on the website regarding our, our broadcasts, oh, um, good. particularly in last week's broadcast. got a lot of positive feedback uh, on last week's episode. A lot of people really liked it. People are tuning in uh, and they're really enjoying our conversations So I, I enjoy them too. I, I love, you know, hanging out with you connecting and talking and chatting about what's going on. And, uh, you know, a couple of friends
0: talking about the storm
1: and and
0: Jesus. Amen. Amen.
1: (laughs) Jesus in the storm.
0: It's all good. When we we were talking earlier, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, one of the things, you know, we're talking about, like the people got to see, you know, since you brought up Jesus, you know, my ultimate hero, um, you know, people had to see with him back then, too. You know, he told people all kinds of things that were coming and, and what was happening and everything. And, you know, oh, my gosh, they crucified him. He's done. It's over. And then surprise, third day, he rose again. Yeah. yeah.
1: He kept telling him, you know, I'm, I'm going to be crucified and son of man must be lifted up and you don't understand what's going on. He told him over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden he's on the cross and they're like, this isn't how it's supposed to go. They, you, I thought you had a plan weren't you going to like overthrow the Roman government and this is this doesn't look like a plan he was telling them the plan they didn't understand it, they didn't want to believe it it comes to pass and then when they reflect back on it a few years later they're like you know he kind of told us about this stuff yeah. before it happened
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah the Bible man is the original Chan you know they say we got to write this stuff down yeah yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> The G drops. Yep, I think yep. people. I think that's really helped uh, people look at the Bible in a different way. You know, just kind of like explaining it that way. But it's so true. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: All right, man.
0: All right, brother. Ready to bounce? Yeah, I am. I gotta go okay. pick up the car. I had to buy new tires already this morning. <laughs> <laughs> eh, <fun> Sorry. That's <laughs> nah, all good. It's like I can buy new tires. I can't buy new Jen and Gavin. You know what I mean? So, That's true. <laughs> that is true. All right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out. And uh, I appreciate you guys sticking with us, even though we went a little bit overtime. I don't think you guys minded, though. So God bless you guys. I'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Dave will be back with us again next Monday for Medic Monday. And uh, God bless your day, guys.